Here are the top five podcasting 2.0 features I think you should try right now. Thank you for joining me for the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Podcasting 2.0 is revolutionizing podcasting for podcasters, audiences, developers, and even advertisers. But this episode isn't going to be rehashing everything about Podcasting 2.0 and why I think it's such a great thing for the industry, which I do think. I've done a whole episode previously about Podcasting 2.0. You can get the link to that in the notes for this episode at Tap or Swipe Away or at theaudacity2podcast.com slash top two zero features. Instead of covering everything about Podcasting 2.0, I want to focus in on what I think are the best features that it offers that you should look to try these and see how you could benefit and your audience benefit from these features. Now note that some of these features are still in development or they might not be available in your publishing tool or in all of the apps, but I'm happy to announce a brand new website to help you keep track of these things podcasting2.org. That is the new home for Podcasting 2.0. This is a collaboration that I'm doing with James Cridland from Pod News to make this home for Podcasting 2.0. So anyone who wants to know what is Podcasting 2.0, they can go to podcasting2.org to learn more about Podcasting 2.0, whether they are an audience member and they want to know what apps support Podcasting 2.0, or if they're a podcaster and they want to know Why should I care about this? What can I use to make this? What kind of publishing tools or hosting tools support this? Or if you're a developer, learn more about the podcast namespace and much more. And another site I've been working on, canipodcast.com, will let you see the complete overview of what features are supported and where and as of what version or what date. So you can really get a good overview of seeing this feature is supported in all of these apps, while this feature is maybe supported in only a couple apps or a couple publishing tools, those two websites are available in the notes for this episode at theaudacity2podcast.com slash top20 features. The main one I want you to remember, though, is podcasting2.org. That's the home of Podcasting 2.0, podcasting2.org. On to the top five features for Podcasting 2.0 that I suggest you start playing with or start asking for if your publishing tool doesn't support these yet. Number one, cross-app comments. When I recently attended PodFest Multimedia Expo, I was talking with a woman interested to know more about Podcasting 2.0, and she lit up with excitement over two things, cross-app comments and live streaming. I'll talk more about live streaming in a moment. The vision of cross-app comments is simple. Imagine being able to comment on an episode you're listening to without leaving your podcast app. That's the key here. And even better, others can reply to you from their different podcast apps. This is what cross-app comments will allow. Audience comments from multiple podcast apps, but all going into the same stream of activity, maybe even using the activity stream protocol, so you and others can engage from the preferred apps. And this applies for the podcaster too. You can see these comments from multiple apps in one place. While I think this is the most exciting feature for everyone, podcasters and audiences, it's also proving to be, unfortunately, the most complicated to implement. Developers have to think about performance, 
data portability, authentication, and giving you moderation control. But when these features are solved, and I do believe they will be probably this year, this will be a dynamite feature. And the best part is that this engagement can occur completely without leaving the podcast app. But there will be other systems to let you, as the podcaster, monitor and engage with your audience. For example, whatever we decide on, I will be building support for cross-app comments into Podgagement whenever these other development issues are resolved. Because Podgagement is all about engaging your audience and growing your podcast, so it makes total sense for it to support these cross-app comments. And I'll be able to do that when we have this cross-app comments thing working. So there are some more popular methods right now, or one particular more popular method that seems to be what we're going to go with. And if you can start using cross-app comments, there are a few apps that support it. And it is a thing of beauty to be able to comment in one app and see that comment in another app too. There's still a lot more to go with this and a lot more that this feature can offer. But this, I think, is the most exciting thing Because it's a way that you can engage directly with your audience around your episodes without leaving the podcast apps. That's what's so exciting about it. It's all right there inside of their preferred podcast app, as long as they're using a modern app. And you can see some modern apps over at podcasting2.org. Number two, live streaming. When I spoke with that woman at PodFest, the other thing she was most excited about was the ability to live stream with live engagement directly into her audience's podcast apps. That's what the, quote, live item tag, unquote, or sometimes called lit, L-I-T, is designed to do. Now, live streaming isn't a good fit for all podcasters or podcasts or audiences. It presents a whole new layer of complexity and multiple distractions for sure. But when you can manage it well, live streaming is a fantastic way to engage your most loyal audience in real time. I don't really think live streaming is always a good way to grow your audience, although it does certainly present some opportunities, especially if an app features here all of the shows that are going live right now or have something scheduled to go live soon. That can be a cool opportunity to grow your audience, but it's really about engaging your most loyal audience, and it can be a ton of fun. I've done live streaming in the past too, and it was always a blast. Podcasting 2.0's live feature will let you live stream directly into the modern podcast apps. You start by scheduling your upcoming event, and your audience will see that in their apps. Then when you go live, your audience will receive a push notification if they have that enabled, and then they can jump to listening or watching live. There's even the potential to have your chat room there too. And best of all, this is all right inside your audience's podcast app. They don't have to leave it. They don't have to go somewhere else and have a unmobile friendly experience or lots of ads or anything like that. They can be right there in their podcast app. That's what's so beautiful about that. They won't have to leave. They stay there and they can engage without leaving the app that they already like and prefer. And apps can even do smart things like automatically marking this later download episode as played if you watched it live so that you don't have to go back through and delete the episode if you've already watched it. That's what this kind of thing can do for us. Dave Jackson and I host another podcast called The Future of Podcasting, where we talk about podcasting 2.0, the things that are being developed in podcasting, 
and like all things around the future of podcasting. That's why the show is named that. And we did a whole episode recently about the podcasting 2.0 live streaming feature. I've got that link in the notes for this episode at the audacity2podcast.com slash top two zero features or a tap or swipe away inside your app. Moving on to number three, micropayments. Don't let the micro part of micropayments make you think they're small and worthless. Podcasting 2.0 enables you to receive financial support in any amount from your audience by leveraging the power of Bitcoin. Now, please don't run away. (laughs) This is not some scam thing. This is a great way on the internet to exchange money, especially when we're going through the Lightning Network as these Podcasting 2.0 micropayments do. The Lightning Network is a sub-network of the Bitcoin network. Let's just leave it at that kind of explanation for now. That is faster and cheaper. This is most commonly measured in Satoshis, abbreviated as SATs, or a little symbol that you can look in the notes for this episode to see. It looks kind of like a S overlaid with another S. And a Satoshi is one one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. Now that is very small, and that does allow your audience to send you these tiny, tiny little payments. And you may be thinking, you know, this is a worthless amount, or or what even is a thousand Satoshis, for example, worth? Here's the quick hack for it. I shared this previously in an episode about micropayments, and this works at least for US dollars. To understand the value quickly, every 1,000 Satoshis is worth the current value of Bitcoin in pennies. So if Bitcoin is worth $45,000, then 1,000 Satoshis is worth 45 cents. See how that works? Bitcoin is worth $50,000, then 1,000 Satoshis is worth 50 cents. So backing up from that, your audience could send you 5 cents, 50 cents, $100 if they want to. They could send you whatever amount, and a lot of your audience might enjoy having fun with the numbers, like doing a 1776 boost, which is the Liberty boost because of the founding of America in 1776. Or they might do something that's significant to them of some sort. Or there are things like the Striper boost and different things like that, or fun little numbers and numerology. Your audience can do that with this, and it doesn't really cost them a whole lot. And it also doesn't cost you a whole lot either. So this is allowing your audience to give as little as a few pennies to as much as they value your podcast. Thus why this feature is called value for value. You are giving value in your podcast and you're giving your audience the opportunity to give value back to you. And it uses the podcast colon value RSS tag. But it doesn't stop there. Your audience can set their podcast app to stream the payments to you for every minute they listen to your podcast. So even something that seems as small as 100 Satoshis per minute would be 3,000 Satoshis for a 30-minute podcast. And if Bitcoin is worth $45,000, that streaming payment would convert to $1.35. That may still not seem like a lot. Consider this. That's 54 times as much as that one listener would be worth to an advertiser paying a common $25 CPM, which is $25 per thousand downloads per episode. These kinds of micropayments would be nearly worthless or even impossible with common payment methods like PayPal or credit cards like through Stripe or another payment processor because these other payment processing providers usually take a flat fee around 50 cents 
plus another 3% of the transaction. So if their flat fee is 50 cents, then already you can't receive anything under 50 cents from your audience. It wouldn't be worth it. And then there's the whole complication of the amount of time that kind of thing takes. But with the podcasting 2.0 value for value spec, it allows your audience to set this up to happen automatically streaming as they listen, or they could send a boostogram, which is when they hear something they really like in your episode, they can boost that section of it and send a message along with it. That's why it's called a boostogram. So this is kind of like a super chat that you might see in Twitch or YouTube live kind of thing where someone can add the comment and add some money with it. If you want to learn more about the Podcasting 2.0 micropayments, I've done a whole episode previously about are Podcasting 2.0 micropayments worth it? And also there's a whole website about value for value. I highly recommend you check that out to learn more about just this concept of value for value. I should do a whole episode about that actually, and I will, because there's so much more to learn about this and to appreciate about value for value. It goes beyond trying to get sponsors for your podcast or just accepting donations or Patreon. Those can all be kind of part of it, but it's so much more and it can be so much more exciting. Both of those links are available in the notes, tap or swipe away, or at the audacity2podcast.com slash top two zero features. Number four, super chapters. Shout out to Dovidas from rssblue.com for coining the term super chapters. And I love it because it totally describes in such simple terms what Podcasting 2.0 does with chapters. We've had chapters in podcasting since 2005. Back in the early days, it was enhanced podcasts with AAC format, but then came MP3 chapters. And those have been supported for years and they are supported in a lot of apps. So don't think that chapters are anything new, but they've always been very limited. And you had to use a particular kind of app to create the chapters too. And some of the apps just couldn't put chapters in an MP3 file. Those chapters back then, the legacy chapters, we can call them, could only contain a title, an optional link, and an optional image. That was it. They were also embedded in the media file. So updating your chapters would mean replacing your media file. And that limitation meant that none of your audience who already downloaded that episode would be able to see anything new in the chapters. Maybe you needed to fix a link that was in the chapter. Maybe you want to add chapters after you've published the episode. Maybe you want to use chapters for something else really cool. Well, you would have to plan that ahead of time before you publish the episode or else your audience might not receive those chapters. That was legacy chapters. Podcasting 2.0's super chapters build on these legacy features and move the chapters into an external metadata file. Woo, isn't that so exciting? I knew you would love that. (laughs) I know, but bear with me. Because it is actually exciting what you can do. Simply by moving the chapters into an external file, you can now update the chapters anytime. And modern podcast apps are smart enough to check for updated chapters when your audience engages with your episodes. So if you have to publish the episode right now and you don't have enough time to do the chapters, you could go ahead and do that. Or if you have someone else who does the chapters after you publish the episode, or you use an AI or something like that, or you realize that you forgot something, well, you can put that in after the fact and your audience in the modern podcast apps will still get your chapters. The optional chapter images are also external URLs instead of images embedded in your MP3 file. So by having the images be external URLs, 
You can swap out those images anytime, as long as it's that same URL, or you could update the chapters if you wanted to. But even just changing the image at that same URL means that you can do some really cool things like dynamically generated images with promotions, countdowns, dates, and more. Like there's a whole service out there that provides embeddable images for email newsletters. And those images, when someone opens the email, those images do a quick call to the server, see what time it is, see how much time is left on whatever promotion you're giving, and they display a countdown timer inside the email. And it's a real-ish countdown timer. The time on it is accurate as of when you opened that email and opened that image. You could do that same kind of thing with Podcasting 2.0 Super Chapters, linking to a dynamic image like that with countdowns, with dates, and so much more that you could do with that. At this time, Podcasting 2.0 Chapters still support only the same title, URL, and image field, although it's an image URL instead of the embedded image, but still pretty much like legacy chapters. Even though you already can right now do some cool stuff with it, I'm excited to see Podcasting 2.0 Super Chapters emerge that will soon change to support stuff like image galleries or videos or blocks of text, polls and other forms of engaging your audience and much more. That's why I love the name Super Chapters. Shout out again to Dovidas from RSS Blue for coming up with that. It's a fantastic name. It's perfect. I think it definitely describes, it super describes what we are doing. Number five transcripts. I've long seen that transcripts were mostly a waste in the podcasting space. Transcripts are usually low quality written content and thus are difficult to read and perform very poorly for search engine optimization. Yeah, they're better than nothing, but they're not all that great. Anyway, some podcasters would even relegate their transcripts to a separate download through their website making them potentially even less accessible for anyone who might actually need the transcripts for accessibility. The irony there. But Podcasting 2.0 changed that. Now, you can link to your episode transcripts, which are best in SRT or VTT file formats. You can link to them right from your podcast RSS feed. And smart podcast apps and embeddable players and such will see those transcripts and even give your audience the ability to see your line-by-line transcripts in real time with your spoken content. So it's not like it's just a giant block of text of here's every word that was spoken in this episode. No, it's line-by-line. It's the closed captions for podcasts. And a great way that you can see this if you don't have a podcast app that supports transcripts, and I've started using transcripts with the Audacity to Podcast, go to steno.fm. That's S-T-E-N-O.fm. Look up a podcast there, like the Audacity to Podcast or another one, and press play on an episode and look at the transcript. And although you will see a big block of text, because that's the way they display it right now in their web app, you'll see it highlighted as those things are being spoken. Or inside a podcast app, you would see it line by line as those things are being spoken. This is great. But here's the big surprise of 2024, something that I wasn't expecting. I'm super happy about this. Dave Jackson and I did a whole episode of the future of podcasting about this. Apple announced official support for podcasting 2.0 transcripts, starting with iOS 17.4. 
This is huge. I'm not going to reiterate every point we made inside of the future of podcasting episode about this, but let me tell you, this is huge because it's the first podcasting 2.0 feature Apple has supported. This is Apple we're talking about, the legacy podcast app, but also the number one player in podcasts. And a lot of people thought Apple's never going to support podcasting 2.0. Well, guess what? They are. They're supporting the transcript tag. And since Apple is still an industry leader and uh, pretty much a trendsetter in podcasting, you can expect to see a lot of other podcast apps start to support the same podcast standard, the podcasting 2.0 transcript tag. And that could also open the floodgates to much broader podcasting 2.0 support, as some developers might decide, well, as long as I'm going to support another RSS namespace, which is a technical thing for what they'd have to do, they might think, let me check out what else is available. What other new features might there be? And maybe they could support these other things like cross-app comments, live streaming, micropayments, super chapters, and more along with the transcripts. So go listen to that episode that Dave Jackson and I did on the future of podcasting to learn more about some of the implications of this news for, I think, the whole industry. I've got the link to that in the notes for this episode at theaudacity2podcast.com slash top two zero features. So these five top features are number one, cross-app comments. Number two, live streaming, if you're interested in live streaming, that is. Number three, micropayments. Number four, super chapters. And number five, transcripts. So you might be thinking, how can you use podcasting 2.0? Again, I've talked a lot more about podcasting 2.0 overall in a past episode, but my ultimatum is this. If you are a podcast publishing tool, whether that's something you use on your own website or your podcast hosting provider, if that tool doesn't already deeply support podcasting 2.0 by now, switch. And if you're looking for a place to switch to, the four best options right now are number one, Blueberry with PowerPress on WordPress, if you like a WordPress-focused workflow. Captivate, they do this stuff really well. They don't necessarily support as many features right now, especially not as many features as PowerPress supports, but I think Captivate's implementation of these features is the best in the industry. There's also Buzzsprout, who surprisingly still keeps it so simple and easy to do, and yet supports many of these features. And if you're really stuck with where you are, the tool you're using, the hosting provider you're using, like maybe you've paid for 10 years of service and you don't want to waste that money, or you just, for whatever reason, you can't leave the hosting provider or the publishing tool that you're working with right now, you have my pity. I really suggest you do leave if they don't support podcasting 2.0. But if you're stuck, there is an option for you. And that is using Blueberry's Podcast Mirror service. Now it does cost now, but it does allow you to add these podcasting 2.0 features, many of them, to your podcast. Not all of them, not the episode level stuff, at least right now, but some of these top level things like the micropayments and some live streaming stuff you can do with Podcast Mirror using any other podcast feed. Think of it kind of like, this is a throwback here, think of it kind of like what FeedBurner could do with its SmartCast feature back in the day, where FeedBurner could turn a non-podcast feed into a podcast feed. Well, Podcast Mirror takes a podcast feed, we could say a podcasting 1.0 feed, and upgrades it to a podcasting 2.0 feed with many, but not all of these features just because of some technical limitations. 
And I spoke more about these separate podcast hosting providers and why I think they're the best going forward at this time in my previous episode. I've got the link to that as well. So if you want to follow up with any of this stuff, I've mentioned several links in this episode that I highly recommend you check out all of these links, listen to the other episodes, check out the other websites. The two links you need to know for this episode are first, podcasting2.org. Podcasting2.org. That's podcasting2.org. I wanted to say it three times to make it more memorable because that is the new home for Podcasting 2.0. And I'm working on this with James Cridland and it's open source even. So you can contribute if you know about stuff like GitHub pull requests or if you just want to reach out and say, hey, I noticed maybe this could be explained a little bit better. We can look at that and we're happy to explain things better on the site. That's what we want it to do. We want it to be a marketing site and explanation site for Podcasting 2.0 so that you don't have to be a developer. You don't have to go to a scary place like GitHub. You can just go to podcasting2.org. The second link that you need to remember for this episode is the link for all of these links that I mentioned, the other episodes and all the other resources in this episode, the audacity2podcast.com slash top 20 features, or a simple tap or swipe away inside your podcast app. And please share this episode out with other podcasters. Share it on your social networks. I'd love to help other podcasters with this, and especially any podcasters wondering, what should I support first? What should I be asking my hosting provider to support? Send them to this episode at theaudacity2podcast.com slash top20 features. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the 2.0 tools, It's time for you to go start and grow your own podcast for passion and profit. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity2podcast.com. Thanks for listening.